Is the gap in football closing between West and East River talent? We talked to Jeff Preston, sports reporter with the Rapid City Journal, to find out that question and others about the South Dakota high school football season. I'm Chris Huber, managing editor with the Rapid City Journal, and I'll be your host to this episode. Welcome to Journal Storytellers. With me today, I have Jeff Preston, our sports reporter here at the Rapid City Journal. Jeff, this is your second year covering high school football for us at the Journal. Uh, So welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Chris. Good to be here. Yeah, so I guess start off by telling our listeners just a little bit about your background, where you came from how you got started in journalism, and uh, how you got here. Sure. Well, um, I come from kind of a long way away. I was born in upstate New York, actually, a town called Ithaca, which I doubt many people I hear have heard of. But um, I got started into journalism because I learned pretty early I couldn't hit a curveball very well. So I figured I still wanted to... Neither can I. Exactly, so okay. exactly. And it was early, trust me. But um, I still wanted to be involved in sports, kind of caught the writing bug, really liked to talk to different people and different, you know, hear their stories and be able to tell them. And um, so I went to school at Michigan State and I've just kind of been progressing further west and I got out here in May of 16. So wow, it's been, been a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're really excited to have you on staff. I think you do a fantastic job covering our high school sports and um, we're really excited for you to be here. Thanks. So I guess what we're going to talk about a little bit today is uh, high school football. Um, it's been an interesting season out West River. It has. This, wet, this last uh, week you wrote a column saying that the gap between East River and West River, which has been dominated for years and years and years by mm-hmm. Sioux Falls and the areas right around Sioux Falls, um, is closing. So yeah. I guess tell me a little bit about that, why you think it's closing and, and it actually is closing, you mm-hmm. feel like? Yeah, okay, so... <laughs> before anyone jumps down my throat from East River to hear this, I think that it is starting to close. I mean, it, it was a, it's a pretty big divide, and it has been a pretty big divide, but this year we've seen a few interesting results that we probably wouldn't have seen in years past. Um, and it was one of the first things that I heard when I got out here, actually, was, you know, the football is just a little bit different over there. Um, the players are bigger, the players are faster, the players are stronger, and that, is, with every game that I've covered between an East River and a West River school, that's kind of been the case. And I don't think that that has changed necessarily, but... When you see something like we saw last Friday with Stevens going out to Washington, who are the two-time defending state champs, they've now won 27 straight games, but Stevens has a chance to win that game on the final play. That's something that is that was really kind of unheard of for a while. Um, to go to Sioux Falls and not just play a Sioux Falls team, but to play the best one and play them tough and be in a position to win the game. But there's also examples, Harrisburg and Douglas two weeks ago, Douglas beats Harrisburg, who's the number one ranked team at the time in Class 11AA. That's something no one could have seen coming, especially because Douglas had just lost the pier 78-14 the week before. Um, but that's a really surprising result. And then the next week, they play this team that many people think is probably the second-best team in 11AA, and now they're ranked number one in Mitchell. They play them tough. They only lose by eight. Central goes out to Lincoln. Um, first week of the year, they beat them on the last second touchdown. These are the kind of things that it's almost like talking about climate versus weather. The climate is still, yes, the East River schools are predominantly better. The athletes are still bigger and faster and stronger. But West River, I mean, it's been a hot fall, I guess. Um, yeah, that's a great analogy. And, and I think that 
the biggest thing that I've noticed in covering these games is that last year you could kind of see it in some of the eyes of some of these players and the coaches from West River. There's a fear. They heard what everyone, they've been listening to everyone about the difference between the two. And I guess the point of the column kind of was, I don't think that that fear is really there. And that's kind of the first step to maybe, you know, that trend changing of East dominating the West. Do we have any sense of how this happened historically? You know, why, why is Sioux Falls so much better? Is it, do they just have better recruiting, better, you know, do they have better, uh, athletics to start and youth mm-hmm. football or why why did that divide exist in the first place i guess and why is it closing now is it schematic is it coaching so i think that um for the how the divide actually started the way that i understand it is that it's almost like baseball out here is how football is viewed out there it's a year-round thing the training facilities are better um the conditioning programs are better i mean i don't have it in front of me but i could probably list off how if you take the roster of post-22 baseball and the roster of Stevens or Central or STM football, they're all, they have a bunch of the same players. Players are dividing their time between more sports. My impression is that out East, that isn't the case. That if you are a football player, you are going to be committed to that sport year-round. Mm-hmm. Kind of the way that it is with... Post-22 base- baseball here, and or 320 baseball. I think. Exactly. Okay. So that's kind of how I imagine, my impression of how it started. Yeah. Um, and as far as the gap closing, um, you know, it's kind of hard to say. I mean, I think we'll talk about it in a little bit here, but, you know, Central is running a different offense that schematically is not like what teams see at least. Um, yeah. So let's talk about that right now. Yeah. You know, they they almost, or they snuck out a win uh, early in the season mm-hmm. against Lincoln on a last-second play, yep. and they're using this kind of uh, unusual offensive yeah. formation. Tell me what that is and why is it kind of unusual and what problems it creates. So, so yeah, it, it's, it's, it's almost like kind of a flashback to the 50s. Um, they're going to have a lot of different kind of running backs in the backfield. They'll probably have three or four. They can probably carry the ball in any play, and they're going to run kind of some short different runs, a lot of deception. You don't really know who has the ball, and they're going to, I mean, in football on all levels, you're seeing the field get wider, receivers going out really far. Um, having all, trying to create a lot of space. Central is trying to do the exact opposite. And if you watch a lot of the schools like Washington and Roosevelt, they have very wide open offenses where the quarterback can make a lot of different throws. Central is the exact opposite. They're going to try to narrow the field. They're going to try to um, run between the tackles, run, run outside, but they're not going to really extend past what they say, like the numbers in, in, on the field, you know, where the yard markers are. And so, and that is a little bit tough to game plan for, especially because of the deception. I mean, there's a lot of plays where it looks like someone's got the ball and the defenders will all be on them. And then you, you'll look around and you'll see the guy that's got the ball is about 20 yards downfield and there's no one near him. Wow. So, so, is that, so do you feel like that's something that's sustainable or once, you know, teams get more film on Central, they'll kind of shut this down a little bit? That's kind of an, that is a, that's an interesting question because you, it isn't, at, at the level that Central's at, with the large schools, it is unique to Central, but you do see kind of a lot of the smaller schools run similar systems, maybe not the exact same one. And they can do it pretty successfully for years. If, but the thing with Central I think that's a little bit different is that they might not have the athletes, and this is no knock on Central, but it's just it takes time to build you know the big offensive lines that they have out east. So I think that is it sustainable? I think that it, it is probably for this season. And then if they can kind of work on, you know, the size and, and the speed, then it, it probably can be. And, you know, the, the nice thing about it is that it's a simple offense to learn, but it's a little bit harder to game plan for because 
because of that deception. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it, it, time will tell, but yeah. it'll be interesting to see. So let's move on, move on to another team. Stevens this year, they gave Washington yeah. all they could handle. Um, so what surprised you most out of the Stevens team this year? You know, they're, they've got a quarterback. Um, um, and so he he's a junior quarterback um, who he's hasn't played a lot of football before, but that's at least what his coach, um, Coach Hagen, told me. But he has all the, he has a great throwing motion. He has really good mechanics, and he's got really good receivers. I think that really what happened in the Washington game, and I wasn't there to cover it, but he got the timing down with those guys, and that's what's been lacking. You'll see him overthrow a receiver. You'll see him um, lead a receiver or throw it behind him, but like all, everything is there. The play is there. They just have to get the timing down, and I think that's probably what happened because he did have a great game against Washington, and Michael Norman, their kind of number one receiver, had a really great game against Washington. So that's been, I think, what's been really surprising for me for them because before the season we heard that their defense was going to be great, and it, and it really has been. I mean, Washington's offense, they'll put 50 up on you at halftime if you're not careful. Okay. So, yeah, that's that's uh, that's a big change from a lot of West River schools to have that really kind of dynamic quarterback. Yeah. Um, but one one place that has had it in the past is St. Thomas yes. Moore. Um, they went to the state championship last year, uh, and it seems like they maybe are in for a little bit of a down year. Tell me a little bit about their season. So they lost a lot last year um, of players, and they're in kind of a similar situation as Stevens with, you know, the talent is there, but the timing isn't on offense, and, and they're pretty similar as well. Defensively, they're strong. Um, they gave up a lot to West Central, who I think West Central is one of those teams that historically, they're an East River team that has been really powerful, and in, you know, in 11A, they've been really hard to stop in the past, and they kind of hit some... They hit some, you know, down times, I suppose. But when I saw them this year, and they've lost some games since that STM game, but I thought that they looked really good. And so I don't think that they're probably STM. I don't think they're going to lose another game on their schedule because if you look at their schedule, they're all pretty beatable teams. And, yeah, it's fair to say that they're down this year. But And, and I had somebody actually email me about the column and say, well, why didn't you mention STM? And I think part of the reason is that we expect them to be this kind of especially offensive powerhouse. And this year they have to, you know, work through some things. I think they're still going to be fine. But if you're expecting them to go to the state championship, I guess that, that probably isn't going to happen. Mm -hmm. So what do you expect from the football playoffs this year? Um, what, who's going to be good? Who's going to make it in? Yeah. Who isn't? You know, that's going to be the test um, with this whole kind of is the gap dividing theory because, you know, one or two weeks of a narrative – does not make. So um, I think that until I see otherwise, you know, you still kind of have to go with the Sioux Falls schools in, in 11, AAA, the biggest class. Um, you know, Washington still looks really impressive. Roosevelt, actually, in the first game of the season, really took it to Stevens. Um, and they, they're, I think, the quintessential example of what we're talking about with the difference. Because when I saw their offensive line, I thought, oh my goodness, these are these are some big boys. Big humans. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so those two teams, I think, are, are you know really good. I saw O'Gorman against Central, um, a little underwhelmed. And I think Central played really well against O'Gorman in a loss. But um, so I still think those are the kind of the teams to yeah. expect. Um, you know, as far as the other classes, class um, eleven AA is really hard to predict yeah. because everybody seems to just be losing. Yeah. Is Harding County 
set up to make some noise in the I playoffs think, Yeah, Harding County, they're 9B, and I think that they, they always are. And they're kind of one of those schools that they've always been really good until they have to face a team from East River in the playoffs. And STM's kind of battled with that, too. So I think that that could be another place where we see the divide. And um, I haven't actually gotten to cover them this year, but by what we've heard from their coaching, from people that are up there, at least up in Buffalo, they, uh, they think that this year's team is better than last year's team. And last year's team was, they made it to the state semis. And they, you know, had an offense that could pretty easily put up 50 or 60 points every single game and kind of did that. But it's been the same way. When you take a look at the results from them, they're really lopsided. Um, and they're ranked number four in the most recent media poll in their class. And I think that part of those rankings, there is a maybe a little bit of a bias with football and East River because, you know, look, historically, that's the perceptions held true, especially in the playoffs. Sure. So Harding County will be interesting. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that they, they have as good of a chance as anybody in that class to really make some noise. And another team in that class that's actually really interesting is Wall. They're undefeated. Um, I've been voting for them to be in the top five in that poll every week. Hasn't happened yet, but they, um, they've had some really impressive results this year as well. So Great. Well, we'll look forward to the football playoffs coming up here soon, and uh, certainly look forward to more articles from you, Jeff. Um, thanks for joining us today on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Chris. Journal Storytellers is available on rapidcityjournal.com every Monday at 8 a.m. Also, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes.